Welcome to the Be Great 8-Man Football Coaching Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the 8-Man Football Coaching community. I'm your host, Scott McCarty. Here we discuss scheme, program building, team culture, and building and spreading the game of 8-Man Football. This podcast is brought to you by Anywhere Apparel. Are you looking for custom screen printed and embroidered gear for your team, coaches, and fans? Contact Anywhere Apparel. That's Anywhere, A-N-Y-W-E-A-R Apparel. We have access to all the great brands and items that will have your team looking their best. We are a locally owned small business that works with teams, businesses, and individuals. Next time you need custom apparel, make Anywhere Apparel your go-to. Contact Anywhere Apparel at art.anywhereapp at gmail.com. That's A-R-T dot A-N-Y-W-E-A-R-A-P-P at gmail.com or on the phone at 319-385-1763. We're joined by Coach Philip Dean of Drexel High out of Western Missouri. You may remember Coach Dean from our first season of interviews. I was able to take away his man coverage techniques and defensive ideas from this last season, and we helped them, or we used them to help become a playoff team. This time around with Coach Dean, we're going to discuss his previous season, which they finished 10 and 2, the adversity he faced, um, forcing him to play four quarterbacks throughout the season, as well as some adversity as a coach with community and parents, and some solutions we can all use moving forward. Please help me in welcoming uh, Coach Dean to the interview. Coach, good to have you on again. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be a first-time, second-time guest. Uh, yeah. So the bar yeah, is you're the first time so. for me. Yeah, there you go, right? We, we love our, our – I, like I said uh, in the intro, I took a lot from you, and you and I were able to stay in touch during – you know, I greatly appreciate – fraternity, I think, is – um, you know, you can make, but you know, you feel like a guy that's in the district next by. So, you know, I appreciate that. And I look forward to talking ball here with you again. Well, likewise, so let's talk a little I, bit about your, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, likewise. I, I enjoy listening to you and, uh, I want to thank you for releasing these, uh, podcasts. All the other guests have been extremely helpful to me and I've taken things from each coach that you've had on. So I appreciate that resource as well. Awesome. That's great. I appreciate hearing that. Let's uh, let's get started right away. Just talking about your uh, your 2022 season here. Um, you know, like you said, you went 10 and two, um, you know, just kind of walk us through, you know, the goods, you know, the bads, you, you know, buzzer beater winner. Just kind of walk us through your season a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, last year we won the state championship in Missouri eight, man. And uh, we returned a large group of guys. We were uh, primarily junior-based, really only graduated uh, more than two seniors, but two key contributors. So coming into this year, we were our expectations were through the roof. We were hoping to uh, make a run at it again. Arguably, we have, and of course I'm biased, one of the best players in Missouri eight-man football at at our quarterback position and linebacker position, uh, Jacob Coffey. And uh, we've had a lot of guys that had a lot of deep playoff experience. His class around him uh, was one of those kind of big classes that you see coming up through a small rural school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had make some deep playoff runs with those guys. So it was kind of like, you know, here it is, your guys' senior year. Uh, let's go do this thing and maybe hopefully get another – uh, ring out of it and uh, it, like I said expectations were just through the roof and we got going 
early in into this season and won our first two games and we're in game three just before half and our stud uh, slams his knee on the ground and tears his PCL. Oh, yikes. And uh, we were we were up in that game. Uh, very quickly, we started uh, stalling, just kind of taking a, a blow like that takes the takes the air out of the game and uh, the other team could kind of smell uh, blood in the water. Uh, so we did about everything we could to survive till halftime. And at half, I went in there with a post-it note and kind of drew up a new offense and said, guys, this is what we're going to do to make this thing work. And I uh, tried a couple different guys at quarterback there till we finally settled on our, our quarterback two. Uh, then quarterback two uh, kind of started leading us through the season there. And uh, he was doing pretty good. You could see him kind of pick up momentum each game. Uh, we lost a game there shortly after to a, a conference rival. Uh, that, In fact, they're the team we lost to uh, twice this year. Uh, but outside of that, he was going on uh, a winning streak, doing a real good job, uh, filling the shoes of uh, Jacob, who went down. And we're in our final regular season game, and it's a top 10 matchup. And uh, we're winning that game, and we're in the fourth quarter, and then quarterback two breaks his leg right before the playoffs. Uh, so we were we were feeling pretty good in that game. We were, we were beating a tough opponent, once again, uh, ranked in state, and you're thinking things are kind of looking on the up and up. So we go, we start the playoffs on uh, QB3. And the first game QB3 plays is a monsoon game. Uh, so it's pretty hard to get a good judgment on him. But we win that game, kind of eke through, real sloppy game, zero pla- passes thrown. Uh, so we get to that next playoff game, and uh, it's an opponent that we had beaten earlier in the season but had given us some troubles. And QB3 pulls out that win. Uh, so we're going into the district championship uh, game three here with QB three against the team that beat us uh, previously in the season, Archie, uh, who was really good and had a stud at quarterback themselves, just kind of a loaded team. And QB three comes down with the flu uh, on that Monday. And he looks like a zombie. He's throwing up. He's got a fever and I'm begging and wishing he can make it go, but honestly, it just it wouldn't have been the right decision. And uh, kind of talked with his mom, and it just it would have put him in harm's way to have him play that Friday night. So we played the district championship with quarterback four and five, respectively, wow. <laughs> just two different guys just trying to throw mud against the wall, see if it would would stick. Um, and we ended up losing that game by, by a wide margin to a much better team at that point. Also, uh, the game before we lost uh, one of our best offensive defensive linemen on a high-low block and tore his MCL. Um, so we rolled into that district championship on, on fumes. Uh, it was a very trying season. Quite the tale there. Yeah, That's quite the tale of as I write this down, I'm thinking, you know, if it weren't for bad luck, you might not. not. Yeah. Uh, 
we the kind of the running joke was you know on our side we were going it's no fair we're on quarterback three and then on the opposing sideline they're going it's no fair how are they winning with quarterback three <laughs> we're just we're just over there playing quarterback jeopardy you know asking any guy go make, take a snap yeah okay the beginning, beginning of your season um with all the you know the high expectations coming off of a state championship um, you know, poised to, to make another run, right? You have a lot of the guys back. Um, you know, how do you manage those, those high expectations with, the, with high school kids, um, you know, looking to repeat, um, you know, or just to have another, you know, some of us, you know, only one team gets to win the state title. But, you know, how do you, how do you manage those expectations that, you know, team, your kids have for themselves and for the team? Well, honestly, you know, I, I wish I could, I could answer that. I think I probably did a poor job of it. <laughs> Traditionally, I'm really used to coaching the underdog and, and using that card. And, and, you know, going into the season, we're ranked first in state. And, um, you know, I, I tried to bring in – I had a buddy who won state in baseball high school as a, as a junior, and uh, he came back the next year, and, and they didn't win it the next year so he kind of talked about those trials and tribulations and, and things that he wished he would have done differently um i mean you you could feel the pressure it it was tangible it it was in the air you could cut it with a knife um and you could just tell that it was it, things just didn't quite fit right there was always something kind of off it was just kind of like a a 12th member of the team uh, just hanging out in, in the background and, mm -hmm. and the guys worked real hard. They wanted it real bad, but you could feel everybody was just pressing a little bit. And, um, you know, I, going back, I, I probably try and handle it differently, but what that would exactly look like, you know, I'm not too sure to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's always interesting. You know, when we look at teams like, you know, the Patriots there when they had their run and, you know, you got Georgia and the Alabamas, you know, how, how good they are year in, year out, you know, and how you, you know, and I get they have different groups of guys more than we do, um, you know, but how they, they get those guys to, you know, the, there's coaches that always say, trust the process, you know, don't, don't worry about the win, you know, worry about doing things the right way. And, and um, that's, that's hard, I think, for kids to believe in. Um, and I think it's hard for coaches too, right? I mean, um, we want to trust that what we do is is there, but every, ultimately everybody knows it's a win uh, or lose game, um, you know. And so I I don't I I mean it's a great position to be in, right? Because that means you reach the top. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same token, I, mean, I can imagine it felt like you were probably walking on eggshells. You know, the smallest little mistake. Um, you know, maybe felt like, well, we never made this mistake last year. You know, something along those lines. So. Um, I wish I had any advice for you, you know, but I've never been to the top. So, um, you know, it, it's a good problem to have. And, and hopefully, you know, you get another chance at some point in your career where you, you'll learn from it, you know. But um, I want to get into this this four quarterback um, yeah. thing, especially as an eight man program. I mean, a lot of us, we don't carry four quarterbacks usually on our roster. Uh, you know, so let's I, I kind of, uh, you know, I'm after QB one went down with his PCL injury. Um, how, did you change practice at all where, you know, maybe now two or three guys were getting snaps at that position? Do you usually do that? 
Um, you know, how did you prepare that position differently as you moved forward? Yeah, I, I'd like to sit here and pretend like, yeah, I'm, I'm the ultimate coach. You know, we have <laughs> contingency plans for quarterback two and, and three, and we got guys in the pipeline. But you're, you're probably sitting there just like me. Like, our quarterback two was on the field as receiver right. one. <laughs> you know? yep, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe quarterback three got more snaps than quarterback two. Cause he was like receiver four or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but outside of honestly, just throwing the ball around at pre-practice and guys just kind of messing around, you know, on a Thursday or something, uh, we didn't have too deep of a contingency plan. Going into the season, we had had a freshman coming up that played quarterback at the junior high level, and originally we had given him quite a few of the snaps at quarterback two, uh, just getting ready to kind of pass that torch, if you will. But when we got into that moment and we tried him out, we kind of figured out that maybe that wasn't the time for him. So mm -hmm. our contingency plan at quarterback two ended up, uh, we, we had to go a different direction and we gave that job to a, a senior receiver that had been in more of those games and, and those spots. And then by the time we got to quarterback three, it was almost like who could, who could just catch a snap, command the offense and, and throw a ball. Uh, we tried different guys and, you know, they're at practice and just kind of seeing how they commanded the huddle and how they called plays. And um, I, I think the big thing for us, though, that that led us to the success we did have was our offense is designed in a way where um, it's it's simplistic, but we can do a lot with it multiple mm -hmm. things we can run the same play and, and dress it a hundred different ways uh but for our offensive linemen even though we were bringing in different quarterbacks with with different skill sets uh things remain pretty similar for them and then it was just a matter of trying to figure out each each new quarterback uh what what they're good at what their preferences were uh what plays they like to call or, or receivers they like to target. Uh, that was probably the biggest thing was um, figuring out on the fly, like, okay, this quarterback runs this way. He likes these routes. Our receivers had to get used to the ball appearing in a different spot or a different uh, velocity. Uh, so a lot of it was just kind of figure it out on the fly because uh, we don't have the – luxury of the depth of having guys just in the wings right. waiting for quarterback too. Well, and so that kind of leads me to my next question, you know, what kind of chain reaction happened? Um, you know, not only when your first guy went down, but then your second guy goes down, right. Cause you brought your, you know, your number one receiver in, you know, so another guy gets bumped into receiver, you know, <laughs> yeah. okay. You can make that work. Getting really down on the depth chart, that kind of thing. And then, once you you've made those changes, you know, and you start bringing in guys that maybe aren't your top tier receiver talent or running back talent, you know, how did that change your your offense 
as you move forward or did it not change because everybody was familiar with, you know, what you're doing. Um, you know, it just, it was Joey running instead of Johnny, you know, or those kind of things, you know, so kind of talk a little bit maybe about like the chain reaction of an injury, yeah. um, you know, especially on a team and then, you know, kind of how you dealt with those chain reaction uh, position changes and things. For sure. It, it definitely became Chinese fire drill for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that it was the whole Jenga tower came down. Uh, Cause it, like you said, it's not just a one person injury. It, it affected the whole team. Um, thankfully we had, I had a senior uh, Mike Munter, who's kind of our, our Jack of all trades guy. And, and it kind of honestly sucked for Mike because going into this season, him and I had sat down and really discussed his, his plans and the ways in which we wanted to use them and, and utilize them and really kind of uh, put him in a position to be successful and get the stats that we felt mm-hmm. he deserved to get to be recognized in the state. And as soon as things started getting shaken up, uh, Mike was the first guy I looked to. And it's like, hey, Mike, I know you're, you're playing tight end for us now, uh, but we're going to have to move you to – and I kind of moved them to like a H type where it's like, well, you can be tight end someplace. You can be a guard. You can uh, run the ball. Right. You can be a fullback. Um, so I took some of those kind of tweener multiple guys and tried to use their, their strength of being multiple to help kind of guide where we wanted to go with the offense. Um, so once again, it was it was just a matter of, as a coach really taking a hard look at uh, strengths and weaknesses and and trying to design uh, game plans and play calls to to highlight guys. And we took a guy who was playing offensive line for us, um, maybe played some running back in junior high and he really Hmm. became one of our top runners. Yeah. Well, and he ended up, he was quarterback uh, four and five in the district championship game. So <laughs> he had quite the, quite the. Guess was so yeah. that kind of is my, my next one. We can talk about, you know, that old lineman getting happy about being a running back, um, you know, but what were, you know, how the kids react to this, right. As a coach, you know, we, we, you got to, you know, it, you know, it didn't hit the fan, guys. We'll be all right. Next guy up, you know, we're going to keep competing. You know, how do you keep, um, you know, your – You know, our, our number one guy, he's our dude. He's hurt. All right, next kid's doing all right, you know, but – Keep those kids believing. Um, you know, and it sounds like you have a special group of kids, right? But, you know, they've got to be led. You know, what were some things you did to keep those kids, you know, to the goal and those kind of things as you went through the season? Well, initially, when when our number one quarterback got hurt uh, there at halftime, it it was kind of easy to rally the troops in that moment, kind of emotional, and uh, the guys mm-hmm. responded really well to that that rallying cry. But like you said, that's that was hard to keep going game after game, um, injury after injury. It just seemed like. Every time we had hit our stride, we got dealt another bad hand. And um, it, it was honestly, it was it was tough on our guys. Uh, I kind of like to equate it to the, the Chiefs right now with Patrick Mahomes. Like we're just so used to when things go south, everybody looks at Pat and like make something good happen. 
And right. that's kind of the way our guys were with, with our number one quarterback. It's like they've played with this guy from elementary, and he's been the dude ever since they put on pads. And it's like, you know, something's wrong. Jacob's going to bust a play or make something happen. And it it created some friction this season where guys were had to be brought into the spotlight or had more pressure on them than they're accustomed to. And uh, honestly, it, it created some friction as a coach. Maybe I, I could have handled it better and uh, been more receptive to the fact that, hey, this kid's never been in this spot before with this kind of pressure. And maybe you can't coach them like a traditional football coach. You got to be more aware of those kind of surrounding circumstances. Um, so we had we had a few kind of come to Jesus moments, if you will. Uh, me as the coach, kind of realizing the, the pressure I was putting on the guys still with the goal to, you know, hey, guys, we said we're going to accomplish these things. And I know guys got hurt, but, hey, that's still our goal. Uh, so as a coach, I'm still forging forward to to those goals. Um, and I had to take a step back and we had to reevaluate goals as, as a team and kind of talk about, you know, do we want to accomplish the things we said we want to accomplish? Do we want to kind of change those goals? You know, what are we going to do going forward? Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Um you know, because, you know, most teams ultimately, you know, we want to end up for, for Iowa, we play our games uh, in the uni dome. Right. So most teams, um, you know, their goal is to end up in the dome. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean, you had a pretty great season, you know, and, and we're lucky there, but you know, it's just kind of a catchphrase, you know, you always want to end up in the dome. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you re- reach week five, a lot of times you can realize what your goals are, you know, if you're going to attain your goal, whether it's that yeah. or, like you said, you know, we've got guys going down left and right, you know, is this still attainable to try and go back to back? Um, you know, but it almost feels like a defeat at that moment. Right. Don't you think like yeah. we wanted to go back to back and, and now let's change our goal to, you know, make the playoffs, you know, that's almost like a, a quitting on the season feeling, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And we've had, we've had those seasons where, you know, we thought, you know, you were good, but you know, Hey, let's win four games. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey guys, we got to try and score two touchdowns a game became our goal. Um, you yeah. know, cause we were that bad. Um, and so that's, it's a weird, that's a weird conversation to have, not only with yourself, right. But, but with kids, um, there and, and the one thing I want, I, I heard you talk about, um, you know, was the kids, uh, being receptive to pressure. Um, you know, and I yeah. think as coaches, we take that for granted, right. We think that, you know, these kids are all in, um, you know, or it's just, I, I don't know. We fi- we've I think we think as coaches they can handle it better than yeah. they can, and um, I think it's almost up to us though to teach them how to deal with that pressure. Um, and I'm I'm not 100 percent sure how to do that, you know. But I thought that was that was interesting when you said that they struggled because they were you know some of them just mentally you know I'm get I'm guessing they're excellent football players, but when it was their name getting called 25 times to carry the ball and instead of you know somebody else's it's a big change for them um, yeah. mentally and physically. So that's, that's an interesting uh, concept for us as coaches, I think, to think about when you bring the next guy in or, you know, the game plan shifts where if you're a spread team and all of a sudden you're running the ball or vice versa, you know, um, how that, that changes that. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That was an interesting point there. Um, and so I also heard you say something about, you know, taking a step back, 
um, changing, you know, how you're still coaching um, you know, these kids, you're coaching them hard um, and things like that. And I know you and I talked a little bit, you faced a little adversity this year as a coach. Um, not only as, you know, what we've gone through with your four QBs, five QBs, uh, but also some pushback from the community and, and some parents without getting into particulars, um, you know, kind of if you can kind of outline that and then kind of talk to us a little bit about how you um, responded to that. And if you would have responded, you know, if you could go back and do it again, what would you change and those kind of things? Um, you know, I, I myself have gone through that. Um, there was a year we were undefeated. Um, I had a, a person that was not very, I got an anonymous letter saying I need to leave town and, and, you know, I'm a trash human being and those kind of things. And I'm sure most coaches that are listening have had those parents or something, um, you know, so I think this is a valuable, valuable conversation here about, you know, if you yeah. can outline the adversity, like I said, without getting into particulars, um, you know, and then kind of how you, you made yourself through that and still had an excellent season. Yeah. I think through all the adversity we faced this season, this, particular topic was probably my biggest area of of learning from it <laughs> mm -hmm. um you know for me it it all comes down to communication and uh i i love and adore my football players and all i want them to be is successful Mm -hmm. And I think about them nonstop, almost to the fact that they knew they would think it was obsessive. And I just, I want them to be successful. So I coach them hard. Um, but the, when I watch film about them, when I send them notes on the weekend, this is my way to show them that I appreciate them. I care about them. I'm thinking about them. I want them to be successful. Um, but I think today's generation of kids are, they don't read that appreciation in that way. They're looking for appreciation communicated to them in other ways. Mm -hmm. I think that became a point of frustration um, where maybe, maybe even though I'm a younger coach, I'm, I'm feeling the generation gap and feeling that these kids want something uh, different out of football um, than maybe what, what I wanted or desired or they want to be coached in, in a different way than the way I was brought up. And I think those frustrations, the kids felt like uh, I, I was attacking maybe our personal relationship, my personal relationship with them, with them uh, when I would critique them or, or coach them hard or, or point out uh, errors in, in their game. Um, and from my side of things, it's like, no, I'm, I'm doing these things because I, I love and appreciate you and I want you to be uh, the best football player in the state. Uh, but those efforts were, were not received that way. Um, so I need to do, I think to, to this generation, the relationship always comes first. They're uh, very heavy on social media. They're very interconnected, most interconnected uh, generation ever. They're uh, super heightenly aware of where 
their relationships stand with everybody and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they put out an instagram post and they get immediate likes and immediate feedback for uh their relational status or comments mm-hmm. uh, so i've i've been reading and, and i think the thing i'm coming up with is you you got to every interaction first has got to start with you got to respect the relationship uh, so I, I heard the, the groundswell of uh, parents' complaints. And, you know, we, we had a team meeting and I sat the guys down and I just, I said, all I can do, guys, is, is bear my heart to you and tell you my motivations. I don't, I don't got nothing to hide. You know, these are why I'm doing these things. And, yeah, is it, is it critique or is it, is it coaching? You know, and uh, just try to explain my rationale, um, try to it, not move away from hard coaching, but just be more aware of when I'm applying it and, and why I'm applying it. And maybe realizing that, you know, a, a different approach might be better in, in certain situations. Yeah, Um so, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that you coached differently this year than you did your state championship year. And so, um, you know, does that come from things were going not, you know, things didn't go south. You still had a really nice year, but did that, you know, do you think, and this is speculation, obviously, you know, but a lot of stuff was going wrong on the team. Um, and so, you know, they felt maybe more attacked. They weren't as comfortable or they weren't the underdog. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, this is just kind of a conversation, but, um, that's, and that's interesting, you know, and I really like that you said, respect the relationship first. Um, that's a cool line. And I think we as coaches need to remember that, that you need to respect that relationship you have with your kid and first build that relationship. So when you do have that conversation with that kid, um, they see it as coaching and not, you know, as a critiquing, um, have you have you heard of like Tim and Brian Kite, the Focus Three guys? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so they're like the the BCD. Have you like uh, blame, complain, defend? Okay, um, E plus R equals O, guys. That, yeah, that's yeah. these guys. Okay, so one thing um, that that I I listened to them a few years ago, um, in in dealing with kids and and even some adults at some point, they talk about expectations. You know, you've heard coaches say like. Oh, you can sandwich your um, coaching through in compliments, right? Like, I really like how you did this. Yeah. You need to do this, but I really like this. And, and one of them were saying, where they were talking about uh, the dad, Tim Kite, was talking about how he, uh, he, he went to school at UCLA when John Wooden was there. And he, he didn't do that. He used expectations. And so he would say, you know, we'll talk about, like, your man coverage drill, right? The, the expectation is you have your hand in his pocket, Right. Yeah. You didn't have your hand in the pocket. And why was that? Um, you know, maybe he took false steps. You know, maybe he did something and you'd be like, it was because you did this. Right. So remember, the expectation is this. You know, you did this. Right. Like there's no like fluffy compliment. It was like yeah, the yeah. expectation. And that's one thing I've done in the last couple of years that the kids, they know what to expect. Right. And, and like the, gr- the worst thing. And you're a teacher. Right. As well. Yes. Yep. Is just the generic. Hey, good job, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Whether it was yeah. good or bad, you're always like, Hey, good job. You know, we got to be specific. And and I think that helps, like you said, respect the relationship and, and build that relationship. 
But so after the season, um, you know, did anything come about with after the season, you know, or anything, or are we all good down there at Drexel high? (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I think we're all good. Um, You kind of alluded to it. Uh, I think just the external pressures of, of trying to repeat uh, mixed with the, the injuries and, and the kind of um, misfortunes we suffered. Um, and, and there's a lot of too outside pressure because you go in and you're ranked number one in the state. and We have great media coverage for Missouri eight man football. And you kind of just start seeing like, we, they were talking about us a lot. Now they're talking about all these other people and mm-hmm. maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. And we can't, we can't win at all without Jacob by our side. Um, it was just a, a very perfect storm. Uh, I reached out to the head coach at uh, North Andrew who won state this year. And, and he gave me a good antidote. He said, you know, you're, you're going through a storm right now and you need to let the guys know you're the lighthouse and no matter how bad it gets, like you're going to, you're going to lead the way. Um, like you said, did I, did I coach differently than I coached year we won state? I don't, I don't think so. I think I coached about the same way. Uh, but it felt, it felt different to the guys Mm -hmm. uh, because of all those external pressures and, um, it, felt like to these guys, I think uh, relationship is the currency and in a lot of them, it's, it's why they play football and they were uh, personally attacked uh, because of the circumstance, you know, kind of the realization, Hey, it's probably not going to happen. And, and my hard coaching. And uh, now that we've been removed from it and we can kind of sit back, you, you start looking and it's like, well, how the heck did we manage to sweep out ten and two and right. win the playoff games with with a quarterback three who hadn't taken a snap since since Pee Wee, um, and also though too like the those high expectations of, of winning state again and and repeating are are kind of gone and and this is why you love the the off season because you can start already dreaming big again and, mm-hmm. and t- talking about things and you get to looking at it and you go, well, this upcoming year was supposed to be kind of our rebuild year, but we actually started it a little bit earlier than we had originally right. planned on. Um, and we got a lot of guys with a lot more experience than they were going to get going in. Um, so now you're like, okay, well, I, I guess I feel better coming into this upcoming year and we can get back to to playing ball again and um if i can if i can weather this storm and and learn from this storm i mean this was the best coaching job i've i've done my whole life right yeah i I really realized that that state year we got extremely lucky all the cards fell in the right place uh we're extremely lucky with health and uh, how the playoffs played out and things like that. Um, I really didn't do too much coaching, honestly, right. the year I went through. But uh, I think I think the big thing, like I said, learn is just uh, trying. I never want to be the coach that just goes kids these days. Right. Um, 
I think the kids want to accomplish the same things I do. And it's just figuring out the best way to communicate those uh, with each other. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, just kind of wrap this up a little bit, coach. I do. Um, last time we talked about, you know, what's the main thing for your team, but I don't want to ask about the team. I want to talk about you. What's the main thing for you as a coach? Um, and then how do you try and keep that the main thing as you, as you go in your off season, in season, um, what's your main thing? You know, this is something that, that I was, I was forced to, to, to take a hard look at, uh, this season. And, uh, I, I experienced, um, ups and downs, highs and lows, just as much as our guys, uh, felt the pressure question myself as a coach, mm -hmm. uh, my motivations, um, and, and really had to kind of examine those things. And I mean, it, it sounds cheesy, but all, all I want to do is be a, a good, a good coach, a good employee, mm -hmm. a good father, uh, a good leader. That's, that's my main thing. Um, that's my, my motivation and, what good is it gets tricky because good looks different to different mm -hmm. people. Um, so in my mind, I, I just set my compass on what I feel like a, a good coach would do. A good dad would do a good employee would do. And, and I think my, my greatest fear though is, is the opposite of that um, looking back or, or a kid looking back going, you know, he, he wasn't a good coach. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that motivates me uh, probably is equally. Yeah. I like that coach. I, and you can tell um, in that answer, you can tell that. I, I mean, I can definitely tell you've spent time, you know, with those voices in your head talking about what is it, what's it mean to be a good dad? What's it mean to be a good coach? And, and there's some genuine self-reflection in there, coach. And I appreciate you sharing with sharing that with us. That's a, it's a pretty personal answer there. And, and I <laughs> appreciate that very much. And it's, I mean, you're 100% right. Um, you know, and, and I, I go through that every, every day. I have a, I have a daughter and, you know, we talk about how, how to be a good dad, how to be a good student, how to be a good, you know, person and all those things. And, and when it comes right down to it, you know, if you can put that in the forefront every day, you know, you're going to live a pretty nice life there. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, how can uh, coaches contact you to continue any conversations with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody will reach out if I could help you coach up quarterback four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of blind luck there, but uh, uh, definitely uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, coach Phil Dean on there. Uh, my email address is pdean at drexel, D R E X E L, bobcats.net. Uh, you mentioned earlier. Uh, I've done uh, presentations for uh, Glazier on our 3-3 three, three, uh, multiple defense as well as man coverage. Uh, so those presentations can be located on the, the Glazier Drive. If you and your staff have paid for a clinic pass, you get access to that for free. Uh, my contact information is there. But also uh, I'm willing to share those presentations. They're uh, Google Slides. Um, so you could hit me up, email me and I'll, I'll send them to you. You just, you're just going to see me, uh, my pretty face smiling, presenting it. And then, uh, also in the telegram app, uh, I'm there as well. 
And uh, everything I've, I've learned as a coach, I've stole from another coach. And none of these ideas are original or, or unique to me. And uh, I want to pass that knowledge on because uh, great coaches such as yourself, coach, have uh, took the time to put things like this out. And uh, I've benefited from that. So I'm trying to give that back in return. Well, I appreciate that, Coach. We all do. And, and uh, I encourage you guys to reach out to Coach uh, Coach Dean. Uh, he shared his presentations with me and everything. And, and um, you know, it's it's been very helpful. And if you have questions, he'll answer them. So please, guys, reach out to him and, and continue this conversation. So, all right, Coach, well, I appreciate your time. Um, the Being the, the first second timer on the podcast, I, maybe I can get you like a – hat or something I'll, I'll get your address <laughs> sometime or something and uh, uh but i i appreciate um i appreciate you i appreciate getting to know you and and hopefully we can stay in touch yeah we'll just keep uh doing the best we can in our own little world and, and trying to make our communities a, a better place and and trying to do the right thing all right coach well take it easy and thanks for being on thank you That's it for this episode of the Be Great 8-Man Football Coaches Podcast. Hopefully you got at least 1% better from listening to this episode. Please share the podcast and leave a review if you enjoyed the content and learned something from it. You can follow us on Twitter at BEGR8FCP, that's at BEGREATFCP, or send us an email at BEGREATFCP at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-R-8-F-C-P, the number 8 on both of those. Remember to keep the main thing the main thing and to be great.